We've changed the menu every six months for about four years and we will continue to do so. A lot of it is really just um, listening to those folks that are out there, making sure that we are, you know, we're giving them what they want, right? I, I try not to let emotion be a part of this game. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I have strong opinions about certain things, but uh, um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter um, to some respect what I want. It's about what the guest wants. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined by Steve Madonna. Now, he is almost 20 years as a chef for Wolfgang Puck and then a director for culinary for Wolfgang Puck Worldwide. And now he's the SVP of culinary at Bar Louie. Steve, I know you got a lot of stuff on the in the oven right now, so I appreciate you taking some time to chat with us here at Give an Ovation, my man. It's my pleasure. Happy to be here. Thank you for uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. So first of all, talk to us a little bit for those who aren't familiar with Bar Louie, uh, a little about what that is and uh, what, what you guys are all about. Yeah, uh, we are. Um, we consider ourselves the original gastro bar. Uh, we are very much a bar centric concept uh, with great food and drink. And I, and I think that's really what it comes down to. Um, we like to have fun. The bar is the center of the stage, um, but we've really put a lot of effort into um, not just the bar program, but also the food program. Yeah. And how many, how many locations are you guys at? We are around 69 throughout the country. That's awesome. Yeah. Dude, that's a, that's, that's no small feat. And you know, as SVP of culinary, what's, what does your role look like? What do, what do you do at a 60, 70 location restaurant chain as the SVP of culinary? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of it is in the R and D um, arena you know, part of my involvement coming from Wolfgang and just a quick correct correction. I was about 12 years with Wolfgang, not 20. Um, I don't want uh, Wolf to call me. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, I guess you've had almost 20 years in the industry because you started in 2005 correct. with Wolfgang. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, um, you know, we've done a lot on the program. So a lot in, in the last four years have just been getting the menu um, into the right place. We've put a lot of effort. Um, we've changed the menu every six months for about four years and we will continue to do so, right? That constant improvement. Uh, we've learned a lot from our guests. Um, you know, we have 30 year history as well behind us. So um, we know to some respect what works and what doesn't, you know, so a lot of it is really just um, listening to those folks that are out there making sure that we are, you know, we're giving them what they want, right? I, I try not to let emotion be a part of this game. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I have strong opinions about certain things, but uh, um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter um, to some respect what I want. It's about what the guest wants. So we're constantly listening to that feedback. Yeah, I love that. I think that obviously, I think that we are we are huge fans of listening to feedback, and I think it's it's important that you you go at it with um, a sense of humility, right? So you're you're not in there fishing to get what you want, but you're in there truly listening to what people are uh, are really talking about and and what they are really feeling. And so as you know, as you look at a, a restaurant chain, what do you see a lot of times people doing wrong 
when it comes to their culinary program and their menu? I find that a lot of times I think the menus are too big. I, I think sometimes um, a lot of chains try to do a little bit of everything and then they, sometimes they just don't do anything very well. Yeah. So, you know, part of my involvement was to really, you know, shrink the menu a bit, still give that wide range of, uh, of offering and variety, but make it so that the teams can execute um, or the servers can explain it or, or all the things, right? Because it's easy. I'm not going to lie. It's easy to add. You know, I have six things I'd like to add to the menu tomorrow, but I can't because it doesn't, it, it's not, it's not great for the teams. It has to make sense with the rest of the menu, right? We have to look at crossover and, and utilization of product and all the things. So um, I, I think that's one thing that I see is that, you know, everybody just wants to keep adding, adding, adding. And then at the end of the day, sometimes there's, there's no real star or, or everything is just okay. That's, that's a great feeling because when you do something really well you're going to be remembered for the things you do exceptional not for doing a bunch of things okay right right and quite frankly not even for doing a bunch of things good you'll be remembered right. for doing things what you do exceptionally that's what you do. like red lobster when you think of red lobster rarely do people mention the lobster they mention the biscuits right right, <laughs> they, they right. exactly <laughs> anyway, it should be called cheesy biscuits and it's subtitled, <laughs> we also sell seafood, right? Side of lobster. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so what, what advice do you have as chefs and as CEOs and as ops, as they're looking to shrink the menu, how do you do that? What, how do you go about determining what do you take out? Because that is such an emotionally fraught decision. It's hard. It is so emotional. Um, it was a little easier for me because when I came to Bar Louie, I didn't, I didn't have the emotion attached. So for me, it was all about data. It was all about what I was hearing from the teams and what I was hearing about customers. So I tried to take, you know, some of that emotion out of it. And, and listen, I tried to, you know, cause there would be some team members that would say, listen, this item has to stay, got to keep it. And it's okay. Appreciate the feedback. Let's look at the data. And then maybe I'd keep it on the first menu change just to see if any mix shift changes. I tweaked an item to say, okay, let's try this, let's try that. And then, sorry, it's gone, right? So I, I tried yeah. not to just come in. I'm not the guy to come in and just start whacking away at things. I don't think that's good for anybody. There's a lot of hard, There's a lot of people that worked awfully hard on the things that were done. Um, so in order to clean up some things, I try to walk with a little kid gloves, but also know that we have some work to do um, but yeah, take the emotion out. I mean, there's very much a few items that were on the menu that people would talk about and they're not there anymore, but just the data didn't prove them out. Um, so, and so we gave say, them a chance to shine. So when you say look at data, what, what specifically are you looking at? So a lot of it is sales mix, right? How, how does the item perform against the rest of the menu? Um, you know, that, that's one of the easiest ways to see is something, something selling or not. Right. Um, and again, and with a brand that's been around for 30 years, there's, there's a lot of lore uh, uh, attached to certain items. Um, and again, I don't want to be the guy to just strip it away, but I want to make sure that they're there for a reason and they're, they're selling. And there's a few items that are still there that have that performed very well, that have some history behind them. So yeah, you nailed it with emotion. That's a, that's a big one that can sometimes get in the way. So what about when someone, like, how do you measure the blowback? Because whenever you take something off the menu, there's a huge blowback. For example, 
the fact that Arby's still doesn't do a junior, you know, uh, junior roast beef sandwich, that's saying something. Because like for me, the only thing that I ever got at Arby's was a junior roast beef sandwich, <laughs> right? right? And then when they took right. that that $1.50 sandwich off the menu, it was like I stopped going to Arby's for a long time because I was like, that's all that I want. And now as I started to go back, it's like I've realized I got some other things there that I do kind of like actually t- t- like totally uh, unpaid for plug for Arby's. But their jalapeno poppers are actually really good. And I love jalapeno poppers. Anyway, so I, I did discover new things that I like. Um, but that was like that was like a game changer for me. And it was like such a bummer when they took that off the menu. Mm-hmm. And so how do you measure the blowback? You know, you, you hope that there isn't a ton of blowback because the item didn't perform as well as um, some people thought that it did. So that's part of it, right? It, it's, I think sometimes we anticipate there being this, you know, this big um, crater because we've, we've taken a menu item off. If there is, we've done a bad job at, <laughs> at our job. Um, but a lot of it is, it's that, it's that guest feedback. It's that team feedback, you know, although sometimes I will joke that only one person has, has asked for that item, but because everybody's repeated it 10 times, it sounds Uh, like it's a lot more, uh uh (laughs) right. Obviously that that's, that's not the case, but um, yeah, it's always listening to, to, to what folks have to say. And again, and, and if, if the data didn't prove it out, I, I would be a little bit, you know, I would worry about it a little bit more, but for a while, recently we told our teams, if, if somebody really wants that item and, and we can still make it for them, right? Let's, let's do the right thing. Yeah. If you kind of uh, your, your secret menu, like when I go to Jamba Juice, I still get my banana berry and they only don't honor that in places like the, you know, the airport um, right. Jamba Juices right. where they're like, sorry, we don't do off menu items. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. But even, even then they'll say, okay, wait, tell me what's in a banana berry. They'll be like, okay, well, let's do like a, a raspberry or a strawberries wild and we'll add in bananas and blueberries, right? Like they, they try to cater to it. Um, where I just become one. Yeah. Now I just become one of those annoying customers with a custom order. Uh, so, so interestingly, you know, going from, from Wolfgang puck to bar Louie, what was maybe something that you had, what, what was something that didn't quite, that didn't transfer, right? Cause you know, going to, a very different brand, very different style. Um, there had to have been some lessons that you learned that you're like, oh, I thought that this was going to like work in both places. And going to Bar Louie, I realized that maybe this this learning is based on the category of restaurant, not just mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. general restaurant. And plus, it should it also should be noted that you didn't just you know you also were um, with Wolfgang Puck. You were you know did. Uh, did catering as well with them so that's correct yeah so you had the catering you had the on-prem and then you went to bar louis so you've had some very interesting experiences yeah i think you know the experiences with um wolfgang and the organization are are, you know i couldn't be more grateful of of the experience that i had I, i was fortunate enough to open restaurants and um Japan and China and Singapore and Australia. Um, and for the last part of my career, I was with casual dining. So a lot of the airport business um, and that's where a lot of that international growth was. But what that taught me was it, it really got me in the right frame of mind for, you know, food that's, that can be more casual, but still be done 
nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Obviously, Wolf is known yeah. for a lot of things. Right. He's a an icon. He's a game changer. Uh, frankly, he's a hero uh, for some of the things that he's done to for this industry that sometimes go unnoticed. Um, you know, so it was always about quality, um, and that should translate anywhere you go. Right. Quality, quality, quality. And um, so being with casual dining side of the Wolfgang Puck organization, we called it Wolfgang Puck Worldwide. We still wanted to put out that quality because it's Wolf's name on the door and the things that we were known for, but you have to do it in an environment that's not Spago, right? You mm-hmm. might be in an airport, you might be in a different setting. So for me, that it, it was actually taking those skills that I had learned and, and translating it for Bar Louis, I, I think actually worked pretty well because I was yeah. already trying to think that way. How do we put out a quality product with sometimes, you know, not enough labor, right? There's never enough labor in this business. Uh, we all know that. Um, you know, how do we put something on the plate or in the glass that um, we're proud of, right? And at the end of the day, I think we all want to be proud of the work that we do. Um, you know, whether or not you're a, a prep cook or the general manager, right? I think we all need to have passion in that work. So um, it sounds like it's a bigger transition. And I think, you know, had I been with maybe fine dining for a while, it would have been a bigger jump. But because um, where I was and, and with Wolfgang, um, you know, a lot of the same principles hold, right? They should, they should frankly hold in any, any style restaurant. Yeah. But I think yeah. that makes a lot of sense. And I think that especially with your experiences, one of the things I'm sure that you've seen is the, the importance of the guest experience. So what, what do you feel like is the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays? You know, I, I I think they're the same as they always were, right? I think it's mm-hmm. such basic hospitality. I think it's, you know, simple greetings, friendly, smile, great food, good service, right? I, I think sometimes the simple things get lost because this business is so challenging. Yeah. Um, and, and I think if, if we all just got back to those basics, I think I think that's where we went. You know, we're putting a big push uh, on that now, Um, just back to those basics. You know, um, I think with COVID, some of that, some of the pieces of hospitality have been lost. And frankly, I think they were lost, you know, slowly being lost pre-COVID. But I think that just poured gasoline a little bit on on some of the challenges in the restaurant business. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's one of the reasons why, you know, why Ovation has been growing so much is because people want to get back in touch with their customers and yet their customers aren't coming in, right? And so right. H- how do you keep that hospitality? And that's something that we've seen a lot of restaurant brands really asking is let's let's get let's get back to hospitality now that we've survived, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so speaking of kind of tech and tips and tricks, um, what do you th- what are some successful things that you guys have tried lately at Bar Louie that you'd recommend to other restaurants? You know, obviously with on the tech side, we've we've you know, we went down the QR code just like everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. And I think at, at this point, I think it's a it's a piece of our business that will stay, but I don't think it's the only piece, right? I think there's still touch points that we need, right? And I think that's how, in our space, it's how we view technology. It is a it is a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not the solution we, in and of itself. Correct, right? Yeah. We need to leverage the tool and still do all the other things, um, you know. We're not a, a, 
a restaurant where you order from your phone and pick it up out of a box and you never see another human being, right? As cool as that is, that's a different concept. That's a different style. Yeah. Um, so for us, it's, it's using that technology to make things easier for our teams, make things easier for the guests. Um, so we're working on a, a few solutions on the, on the back of house that will really help, um, really help drive that. Cause I, I think, listen, we all use technology in our everyday life. I, you know, I don't think I'm more than four feet away from my cell phone at any given time. Uh-huh. Um, if I'm not, I feel truly uncomfortable. <laughs> um, so we all, we need to have that for people who want it. Right. But at the end of the day, I think that that hospitality piece has to, you know, they have to kind of be feathered together. You know, how hey. hospitality and tech can, can come oh. in and work as one. Exactly. I mean, we, we say all the time here, you can't take the humans out of hospitality and you think of it like, you know, you use technology and hospitality like Tony Stark uses technology, right? Where you still need Tony in the suit, but right. the suit just helps Tony do more stuff faster, better, stronger. And I think that's that's how in restaurants you need to leverage technology. Um, now, again, there are some of those transactional restaurants where it is more similar to grocery shopping than going to a restaurant, but that human interaction, that's what builds that loyalty and trust. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of places can be, can run an effective very smooth machine with without a lot of human interaction there. So Steve, last question is uh, who deserves novation in the restaurant industry? Who's someone that we should be following? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to change this question a little bit. If you don't mind, Tell me. I, I think everybody in this business needs a little bit, of, <laughs> needs a little bit of novation. I, you know, I, from, you know, I think from the, Again, COVID has really just changed this business that was already in um, in some tough spots. But I, I I'm a firm believer that this business is its people, um, and there's a lot of us and unsung heroes in this business, right? I, I can only sit here and talk to you because we have teams and teams of people out there every day, fighting a good fight and executing and, and doing the things. Um, and I think that's really important because I, I think sometimes in this business. Only, only the bad narrative gets put out into the world sometimes, mm-hmm. right? It, it's about how, you know, people are just burger flippers or people are just bartenders until they get another job. And, and, oh, and I get a, get a real job, right? Get a real job, right? And, I, yeah. and that, frankly, that bothers me because this industry has done nothing but great things for me and, and countless others. And I think we need to really talk about how this is a career and these are hardworking people and this job is not easy. Listen, flipping burgers is not easy. So anybody that says it, it should go, you know, should go try yeah, it. So yeah, go, go work, go work a to go window for an afternoon. And then yeah, you tell exactly. me that, yeah, that's, it, yeah, that's easy. It's like, exactly. No, man, it's, it's, it's exhausting. It's tiring. And I think you're right. I think everybody needs a little bit more, a little bit more love on their plate. Um, yep. Love that Steve. Well, Steve, how do people find uh you follow you or bar Louie bar Louie.com the website for me, LinkedIn, uh, Steve Madonna, Instagram, um, I think it's Steve J Madonna. So we're, we're, we're out and about, um, come find us, hit me a note. Um, love to chat. You know, I, again, this business has uh, done nothing but great things for me and I love it. Um, and I can't see myself ever doing anything else. So the more we can support this business and its people and its growth, um, you know, I'm into it. 
Love it. Well, for bringing the flavor of Wolfgang with your own spice to help us all make our restaurant operations a little bit more nice. Today's ovation goes to you, Steve. Thank you so much for joining us and giving ovation. Hey, it's my, my pleasure. Thank you for having me and great to chat. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.